MaskLab is a hub for multimodal and digital scholarship that explores the relationship between media and our changing society. We support, curate, and create media intended to spark dialogue and social change, and the development of pedagogy that uses media to foster civic engagement. MassLab is located in the Communication, Media, and Learning Technology Design Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. To understand the feeling that New York City is a special place, you just need to walk down its crowded streets. With a morning scramble of people on their way to work and school, and locals twisting and turning around the pockets of tourists on the sidewalk, all set to the tune of honking taxis and cars speeding up and down the street while the pavement vibrates to the rush of the subway underground. The streets of New York City are always moving and have been used for a lot of different things throughout the city's history. Some of the more iconic uses for public space are street vending, with coffee carts lining the sidewalks or street performing, most notably in Times Square and the city's parks. Streets are often seen as a place of transit, exclusively for the person on the move. But streets also have a history as spaces for community, as public spaces where people come together rather than just pass by one another. My name is Michael Serta, and I am a current graduate student at Teachers College, Columbia University, studying communication and education. And in this podcast episode, I will be sharing a brief history of the New York City Open Streets program and how it has shaped public space in New York City since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. In 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic halted nearly all travel and indoor gathering. And in New York City, the local government sought out ways to encourage residents to get out of their apartments and safely spend more time outdoors. The Open Streets program was a city's solution to this. It has allowed organizations and businesses to apply for permission to close off streets to car traffic and instead create spaces that are only accessible to bicycles and pedestrians. This has allowed for restaurants to extend their seating outdoors, for schools to have safe outdoor space for recess, or for communities to host events like street fairs. The program has allowed community members to foster strong connections to one another and to local organizations. Since the peak of the pandemic and the rollout of vaccinations, the Open Streets program has been downsized a bit. Now, less Open Streets are active, with most occurring for one to two days a week. There are currently three different types of Open Streets. The first is limited local access, which allows for minimal vehicle traffic, such as parking and deliveries. The second is full closure, which allows for zero vehicle traffic for uses such as outdoor dining and community programming. And the last is full closure schools, which allows for zero vehicle traffic, but exclusively for school operations such as pickup and recess. One organization that has taken advantage of the city's Open Streets program to serve the local community is the Fresh Air Fund, a local nonprofit that organizes several different summer camps for youth ages 8 to 15 who live in and go to school in New York to get out of the city and into nature. Within New York City, the Fresh Air Fund responded to the COVID-19 pandemic by beginning to host their summer spaces program for youth in the city to safely spend time outdoors in the city's streets. Community members were able to sign up to have their children attend day camps. I sat down to speak with Melissa, a graduate student and past Fresh Air Fund employee, to discuss her experience and how she saw open streets benefit the community. Hi, my name is Melissa and I'm currently a graduate student studying to be a speech language pathologist. I previously worked with the Fresh Air Fund during summer 2021 at one of their Jackson Heights summer spaces locations on 34th Avenue. 
I was the assistant site leader for our site, and the team consisted of six counselors, an assistant site leader, and a site leader, and we also had a manager who would check in at the different summer spaces. For our program, we had a mix of activities for each session. One would be sports-focused or involve moving around, another would be our daily craft, and the last section would be an area where kids could play different games or with different objects like hula hoops or chalk. During the summer, we would have a morning and afternoon session where up to 35 kids were able to attend the program, and we were almost always hitting that maximum each day. While helping with the check-in and check-out process, I had more time to talk with the family members of the kids. They always had positive feedback to share, and they would say things like, oh, my kid really likes it here. He wants to keep coming back. When it came to working with the Open Streets program, the site managers would handle the uh, relationships and logistics, which all seemed positive from my perspective. Even with our success with Open Streets and the participating families, we still ran into a few hurdles in the community. There would be times when people wouldn't move their cars during the appropriate hours despite the posted signs and our best efforts to let them know. People would come to move their cars while we were setting up or sometimes when the kids were already there in the program, which isn't just a big disruption but also a safety concern for the kids. However, this specific program with the Fresh Air Fund definitely wouldn't have been possible without working with the Open Streets program. This specific program under the Fresh Air Fund started in 2020 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and trying to find ways for kids to be active and social, but also being safe as possible. Everyone would be wearing masks, but on top of that, we were outside. The open streets were essential to the success of the program. This program was so rooted in the community. These were kids that were neighbors and friends and going to school together. The street space being closed off for them to participate in this organized program was a way for them to socialize and keep active during these otherwise scary times. I see a lot of benefit to continuing to have the open streets programs in New York City, especially in areas with limited park space. These type of programs really make a difference in the lives of the community members that they serve. Melissa's experience working with the Fresh Air Fund demonstrates the positive environment that was made possible with the Open Streets program. Other initial responses to the COVID-19 pandemic in New York City have been dialed back quite a bit, like with less outdoor dining being available, or they've been taken away entirely, such as with the return of a mandatory fare on the city's buses. However, the public support of the Open Streets program seems to have benefited its continued production and have lasting effects on the city's future. The Jackson Heights neighborhood in New York City's Queensboro is home to the city's longest open street, with 26 continuous city blocks along 34th Avenue still being closed off every single day from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Broadway, the street that runs through all of Manhattan, has seen sections of it in the past reclaimed for pedestrian traffic in Times Square. Plans are currently underway to redesign the 45-block stretch of Broadway from Union Square to Columbus Circle to create new plazas and shared streets with pedestrians and bicyclists in mind. Both COVID-19 and the success of the Open Streets program have served as reminders of the importance of public space in a city as crowded as New York. Space is one of the most sought-after resources in New York, and the city's Open Streets program brought free and public space back to the locals who needed it most. Streets don't have to just be spaces for transit. They can and should be reclaimed as safe spaces to gather, organize, or just play. Only time will tell if more street space will be reclaimed for pedestrians in New York, and if this movement will cement itself into the fabric of the city but the near future seems open to a lot of potential for safe and open streets.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mask Lab podcast series. If you would like to learn more about the lab, find us at masklab.org. This episode is produced and edited by me, Michael Serta, a current graduate student and member of the Mask Lab at Teachers College, Columbia University. The theme music in this episode is Grandma's Impala by Sarah the Instrumentalist, available on YouTube. The views expressed in this episode are solely those of the speaker to whom they are attributed. They do not necessarily reflect the views of the faculty, administration, staff, or trustees, either of Teachers College or of Columbia University.